Welcome to Pillar and Ground Podcast. I'm Brian Salter, lead pastor at LMPC. This episode is a Pillar and Ground Connections episode where we seek to increase our connection to one another with whom we stand together in community and mission. Today, we welcome John and Barbara Wingard uh, to our podcast with whom we do stand together in community and mission as they are part of this body. And John serves on our session as an elder and the vice moderator, which we'll talk a little more about that as well. Uh, incidentally, you can't see the room, but the producer of our podcast has been Wingard, their son. So we thought we would start with a softball. Who's your favorite child? That was what Ben really wanted me to start with. Well, obviously the one who's seated three feet from me here. <laughs> yeah, that's the smart answer, but uh, please, other wind guards. Uh, that's a joke. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, you'll hear they have three children and they have a grandchild, and, uh, and I'm sure they'll talk about that. And in light of that, even just tell us a little bit about yourselves, John and Barbara. Um, well, I grew up in North Alabama in the small town of Tuscumbia, and um, it was a, a wonderful place to grow up and mm. be from. So um, I have two siblings, and uh, then we've moved around um, in our married years. Uh, John and I have moved around all over and uh, ended up here in Chattanooga um, in 2007. Mm-hmm. And I grew up, uh, I'm a pastor's kid, actually, a Presbyterian pastor's kid, mm-hmm. and uh, grew up mostly in West Tennessee and uh, then in um, uh, South Mississippi and a bit of time in Northwest Florida as well. Um, have one brother, uh, no sisters, mm-hmm. and um, came to know the Lord uh, early on. Uh, I guess we'll get to that in a while, but yeah. um, I have... Um, Moved around, as Barbara said, a uh, number of places before getting married, and then after getting married, we have, in fact, spent a lot of time on the road um, <laughs> moving around. Um, we love it here. We're so thankful that the Lord brought us here, and uh, it's been a really fun 15 years. Yeah, wow. I got here in 06, and then y'all arrived right after that. Or The year after. I remember I had an early coffee with John. That's right. John's the one that explained to me why they call an Americano, an Americano. <laughs> and I get that, and I tell people that story. And <laughs> I'll tell you now on the podcast, because I know I just distracted everybody, but it was for the American soldiers. And in World War II, they needed a little water on top of their espresso. Mm-hmm. And um, that was the first time we got together and sat down. How about that? I had forgotten that we talked about I that. never get an Americano without thinking of you. <laughs> so, um, well, thank you. How about, how did each of you come to Saving Faith? You mentioned, I'll start with you, John, yeah. since you just mentioned that. Sure. I was, um, of course, raised in a Christian home. Uh, and again, my dad was a pastor. Um, when I was eight years old, uh, dad sat down with me at the breakfast table and asked me some really uh, hard questions, some probing questions that hmm. led me by God's Spirit to um, to some serious self-examination, even at that early age. Hmm. And I spent about a week really wrestling with those issues, uh, wrestling with my own sin. I, was, I had become aware by God's grace that I was a sinner hmm. and um, without hope, uh, except in Christ. 
Um, but I kept trying to figure out, even that, during that week, isn't there a way I can fix this? <laughs> can I fix myself? And I determined at the end of that week that I simply couldn't. Uh, and so I finally cried out to Jesus, uh, if, I, if I'm to be saved, you have to do it. <laughs> Please do it. And I've been, uh, by his grace, following him ever since. Um, of course, fits and starts. Mm-hmm. But that's how mm-hmm. I came to faith. That's great. How about you, Barbara? Similarly, I um, grew up in a Christian home and a very solid church, and we lived a block from the church, so we were there really every time the doors were open. It Mm. was just an integral part of life Mm. um, and community for us, for my family. And um, so I don't really know when I came to faith, Mm -hmm. but just growing up in that that community and in um, a home that loved Jesus, and um, it was just such a blessing. That's wonderful. um, Wonderful legacy. I know that's that's what I pray for my children, and as they were each born, that they would they would certainly have faith in Jesus, but they would not even maybe be able to know when it happened because it was there all along. I trust in Christ, so that's beautiful. Um, how'd the two of you meet? We met at Bellhaven College. We um, met uh, in summer school. I was a junior and John was a senior, oh. and um, Bellhaven is now Bellhaven University, but in Jackson, Mississippi. And um, so we met and started dating, and kept dating, kept dating, still, <laughs> still dating, still dating. Still dating. Still dating. <laughs> All right, yeah. good, good. Yeah. And uh, uh, did you get married before you graduated? No, okay. no. We got married two years after I graduated. After I graduated from college, I guess one year after you did. Yeah. Okay. But John was in seminary. Right. So yeah. I was right in the middle of seminary. Okay. For me. At RTS Jackson. At RTS Jackson. Right. And um, then, just curious, you mentioned your travels. Then where did you go? So once we graduated, once I graduated uh, at RTS Jackson, um, the Lord called us to Miami, Florida to go to the University of Miami to work on my MA and PhD in philosophy. So okay. we went to Miami. We were there for nine years. Uh, and from there. Huh, I don't uh, think I knew that. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. So we were there for nine years. Um, I started my teaching career there, actually, hmm. um, not at the University of Miami, at a different university. And uh, then uh, we moved to Grand Rapids, Michigan for me to teach at Calvin College for a couple of years and then over to Chicago, uh, Wheaton more specifically in the suburbs, western suburbs of uh, Chicago to teach at Wheaton for a year. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we moved to South Carolina, where I taught at Erskine College for seven years. Uh, and then we moved here in Y'all 2007. We have been around, right? Yeah. Wow. I, I did not know all those stops in the Wingard mm-hmm. journey. Uh, it's, that's neat to know. It's been fun. It explains the Cubs hat I see from time to time. <laughs> yeah. The Cubs well, wear, right? Believe it or not, I grew up a Cubs fan. <laughs> okay. I was actually friends with the sons, four sons of a Chicago Cub. Oh. When I, where I grew up in West Tennessee. Okay. So everybody else were Cardinals fans there in that part of Tennessee. But uh, we were all Cubs fans there you uh, because go. of the Hickman family. Okay. Um, and your family? Tell us about your family. We, we've already acknowledged one child that's in the room, yes. but you have more? Our oldest is in the room. Um, <laughs> we have three. Uh, ben and then our daughter Megan are both grown and married. And mm-hmm. um, we have one grandchild. Megan has a little boy. And we have two more grandchildren on the way. And then our youngest is Joshua. He's uh, will be a rising senior in high school. So we have one foot in high school life and 
the other foot in grandchild life. Yes. Is kind of, we're straddling two stages. Wow. That's wonderful. Um, so uh, it's great to know more about your family, more about you. Um, and John, one of the things you do here at Lookout Prez, uh, you serve on the session with a, a other brothers there. But you serve a really important role on the session. Uh, it's a role that not every Presbyterian church would have. Uh, it's a unique role that Lookout's had for a long time. It's called the vice moderator. Um, it's a key leadership position in our church and on our session. And I'd love just for you to tell a little bit more about that. I know sometimes we mention that you're the vice moderator or so-and-so's the vice moderator, and people might not even know what are they talking about. And uh, so just tell us a little bit more about that role. Right. So, um, yeah, it's, a, it's quite a privilege to serve the session in this way. Um, by our Book of Church order, of course, in the Presbyterian Church in America, you as the lead pastor are the moderator of the session. Um, but our session is a large one. Uh, mm-hmm. We have 33 elders on the session at any given time, ordinarily. And uh, the vice moderator's role is more uh, that of a sort of an administrative assistant, I would say, or a coordinator, um, assisting you in leading the session. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, that... Uh, uh, particularly is manifested, I think, in generally chairing uh, session meetings mm-hmm. uh, and meetings of the executive committee of the session. Mm-hmm. Those are the, I guess, primary ways in which it's uh, that that role is played out. But yeah. uh, there are a lot of other aspects of this as well. Uh, one thing that I particularly have enjoyed over this past year, and I'm in the, almost finishing my first out of two years in this role, Lord willing. Um, and that is that I've been able to spend uh, a lot more time with you and Frank <laughs> than I ordinarily would, because uh, you guys are busy, busy pastors. And just having the time to spend uh, with you and pray mm-hmm. and to think about um, uh, the work and ministry in the church has just been super exciting to me. Mm. I'm so glad to have you in that role. I'd like to extend your contract uh, <laughs> personally. Uh, um, You're going to have to raise the... Salary. <laughs> I'll raise it a hundred percent. That sounds good. Uh, tell us both about, about your vocational background, like uh, in your journey, and you know, one of the reasons we're doing these podcasts, getting to know people. Maybe there's a connection somebody makes and says, "Oh, I want to talk to them about X, Y, or Z." Knowing that, but for you, Barbara, well, for years I homeschooled kids, uh-huh. and. Um, then as, as we got to the last one and, and Josh was in school, I went back to work and I've worked for the last 10 years or so at Covenant College in the registrar's office. Okay. And so we deal with all the academic records and schedules and transcripts and grades and all of that side of student life. Mm-hmm. So and I really just, enjoy that. You just completed a big event then. Graduation. We did. Graduation. Yeah. It's a peak event for us for the year. <laughs> I'm sure it <laughs> for is. For the records office, yeah. Yes. I, I finally got a chance to watch it, and it was a wonderful celebration. Um, and we know that, John, you mentioned your teaching uh, pathway, and you landed at Covenant College. Uh, what's your title and role there? So I'm professor of philosophy there, okay. um, and uh, also um, uh, fill some of my time uh, in an administrative role. I'm the dean of the humanities division. Okay. All right. Um, 
How many classes do you teach a year there? I typically teach six classes a year, three per semester. Okay. Um, it's so good to have have you on a session as somebody that understands a lot of those sorts of things. Um, it's really a help, and it's a gift to Covenant College to have people under that uh, tutelage. And I'm sure they're glad you keep all those records straight. <laughs> <laughs> um, John... How would you encourage the church to think about the session of elders and to pray for them? Well, that's a great question. Um, I So first of all, the elders are called by the Lord to, um, to pray for the congregation, to shepherd the flock along with the teaching elders, the pastors, mm-hmm. and... Um, and to oversee the ministry of the word here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, it's always, we always appreciate it when people pray for us to be faithful with respect to our role, uh, our roles in shepherding the flock. Mm-hmm. Um, I would ask uh, for prayer for wisdom. Mm-hmm. and humble reliance on the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in our work. Uh, we need that. This is a godly group of men. I'm so thankful. This is actually the third session, uh, third different church where I've served on mm-hmm. a session. And um, I have enjoyed this session immensely, this group of men. And, of course, we're all sinners saved by grace. We're mm-hmm. not perfect. We're far mm-hmm. from perfect. But um, I've been so thankful for this bunch of brothers and it's a large group, again, 33 uh, members of the session. Um, but a uh, really godly group of men, uh, as I've come to know them, and men who really love Jesus and who really, um, really are passionate about advancing the kingdom of God. So mm-hmm. I'm very thankful for this group of men. Uh, so please pray that we would be... Uh, uh, wise, that the Lord would provide wisdom and, and humble reliance on the Holy Spirit and enabling grace for us to be faithful and fruitful mm-hmm. in our work, our ministry that we're called to here. But also, I'd appreciate, uh, I think we would all appreciate prayer for God's protection of us mm. uh, from sin and from the instruments of sin mm. in our own hearts and and in the world around us. I mean, the uh, the pressures, the cultural pressures that are hostile to the faith right now are enormous. Yeah. Uh, and we all feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's this is something I pray for constantly for mm-hmm. you all who are pastors and for the rest of us who are elders here, that the Lord would protect us uh, from sin and from ourselves, from, mm. the, from the indwelling sin that we're all struggling with. Mm. Thank you, John. Tell me... Um, well, this is something I'm liking to ask people when we're doing the getting to know uh, segments. Uh, what are you currently learning uh, from God's Word? How is the gospel currently shaping you? Uh, we often talk about in the church how God saved us, but really how is He saving you now, rescuing you, teaching you, shaping you uh, today? Yes, I'm not sure that I'm currently learning a whole lot that's new, but I think I'm relearning some things or Hmm. being refreshed in some things. I've spent a lot of time recently in the Gospels. Uh, Mm -hmm. Of course, we're spending time in Luke's Gospel in our preaching series currently. 
Um, but I've also been spending time uh, on my own studying, uh, particularly the Gospels of Matthew and John recently. And there are mm. a couple of things that have really struck me hard mm. in recent days and weeks. One of those, uh, particularly recently, has been the emphasis on the oneness of the body of Christ. Um, this is something that Jesus is absolutely passionate about. Mm-hmm. Uh, just last week, I was finishing up um, my, my study or reading of John's gospel, and, and in John 17, Jesus' high priestly prayer, that was just put in bold relief for me, mm-hmm. um, the, the fact that he is so passionate about the oneness of his body. Also been studying the book of Ephesians uh, in our Thursday morning men's Bible study that hmm. meets here at the church, mm-hmm. and that's a big theme in that book as well. So that yeah. uh, just sort of dovetailed for me, particularly last week as I read John 17 again. Another thing that has particularly impacted me recently in my um, uh, study, again, of the Gospels, and as we've just been through Holy Week uh, fairly recently uh, as we're recording this... Um, has been the way Jesus endured suffering for mm. us. Um, in the face of suffering, he showed so much grace, uh, the silence with which he bore his suffering. Mm. Even though he was wrongly accused and abused, he didn't rail out, he didn't lash out, he, mm. didn't, um, he didn't even complain or whine, which is my tendency <laughs> mm. <laughs> at at, at best, I'm sure Barbara could testify if you <laughs> gave her opportunity here. Uh, as I deal with pain issues and so on, I mean, I'm, I think I'm constantly complaining probably. Um, but Jesus doesn't do that. And in fact, just watching him as the Gospels unfold, and particularly in those final days before his crucifixion and during his crucifixion, to see him handle that with such grace, mm. um, compassion, patience, humility, mm. has been both convicting to me and has really drawn me even closer to him. Mm. I love him and trust him even more as I see him mm. enduring that suffering. Of course, I'm, I've just started reading Hebrews again, and Hebrews tells us that he did that for the joy set before him, and then I realize that joy is us, mm. that joy is me and you. Mm. Barbara and Ben and all of us who are his. And mm. uh, that's just um, been incredibly um, helpful to me. Thank you for sharing that. Um, how about you, Barbara? Something that struck me lately is we've seen um, loved ones that are dealing with hard life circumstances and some things that, you know, where life didn't turn out the way you expected it to. Mm-hmm. And just being reminded that uh, we're part of a bigger story mm. um, and the the redemptive um, hope of the bigger kingdom, the bigger mm-hmm. story that God is drawing us into. And um, when our circumstances don't make sense, mm-hmm. that there is hope of something bigger. Mm. And um, so that's been something I've had a lot of thought thinking about lately. Yeah, that's really mm-hmm. good. The, the larger story and the trustworthiness of God mm-hmm. to, to redeem things and work for our good and his glory. Um, yeah, I had someone recently ask me about how do what I make sense of something, something mm-hmm. that was really mm-hmm. awful and hard. And I really can't. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's a quote that just helped me a lot through that of, you know, if I had all of God's power, I'd probably change everything. But if I had all of God's wisdom, I wouldn't change a thing. That's right. And I don't have his wisdom, but I can trust his wisdom mm-hmm. because we've seen mm-hmm. in the person Amen. of Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Um, he's trustworthy and gracious and compassionate. And so thanks for sharing that. Um, we talked a little bit about how John uses his gifts here at the church as vice moderator and elder. How's God led you or leading you to serve our church or our community um, with your current passions and gifts? Um, well, I'm involved with Caroline Scruggs on the Women's Ministry Committee. Yeah. Um, and that's been a joy to just be part of that group of women that help plan and implement activities for the women and trying to uh, bridge generations and life stages and help in a church the size help women connect and get to know one another. Um, we're also uh, one of our probably most special things about our church community life is our small group. Mm-hmm. And um, we've been meeting together maybe six or seven years, I don't know, as a mm. core. But um, just doing life with those people, those you know, five or six other families. Mm-hmm. And um, we've shared a lot of a lot of life in these last few years of ups and downs and joys and sorrows and challenges. And it's just so good to have that group that you know well. Yes. Um, that you can connect with. So. Yeah. That's a real gift. And, and just as she says that, um, you know, a plug for small groups. If you mm. if you if you hear that and you you want that then uh, you certainly can reach out to Julie Dean would be your first contact, uh, julie at lmpc.org, who incidentally is in your small group. That's correct. That's right. That's right. right. So uh, (laughs) that would be one way. And then as as Barbara mentioned, the women's ministry, you know, the the crossing generations and also meeting people, it's really hard in a fragmented church like this. Those winter suppers have been, or those summer summer suppers, winter, whenever. Uh, you end up at the table with people you may not ever would have had a meal with right, and right. Bible studies and other events. So thank you for leading on that oh, and okay. helping and serving. How about you, John? Other ways in which you're serving the church and community, passions and gifts of yours? Well, um, I do have the opportunity from time to time to help uh, lead worship, mm-hmm. and which I am passionate about. I love to worship the Lord, and I'm uh, thankful for opportunities from time to time to help lead. Um, and also... Um, uh, leading in singing and mm-hmm. so forth. So um, thankful for those opportunities uh, to sing with David Henry and his group. Yeah. And you teach occasionally in Sunday I school? I do, yes. I'm uh, not teaching currently just because I'm serving as vice moderator and my plate's really full. He, um, he is not lying I, there. His plate I, is very I full. promised Barbara when I accepted this role <laughs> that I would be off teaching at the church for the next couple of years while I'm doing this. So... It's a wise man and a wise <laughs> wife. Um, but I do look forward to getting back to it as soon yeah. as I'm done here. Yeah. Um, you know, as we, uh, one thing I want to hear from you, John, because we talked about it before mm. and it's really important. I mean, you talked about the session, you talked about the men, you talked about who they are and, and how you trust them. And yes. so you're saying that Lookout Mountain Presbyterian Church is not run by the pastors? That's right. Yeah, this is a session-led, session-run church, uh, as a Presbyterian church ought to be. That is our polity. Mm-hmm. That is our church government. So a pastor just can't make that's, a decision on his own about that's right. 
That's right. About so, a policy or major procedure or issue right. at hand. That's right. I think we've talked about, you know, I think we need some greater education probably mm-hmm. um, at our church about what it is to be Presbyterian mm. um, because the pastors are a part of a, the plurality of the session. And, um, you know, we are not the bosses of the church. That's right. We don't have final authority. I, I would say the pastoral team is a really a committee of the session, right. of which I'm right. the that's chair. A, that's a good way to think about it. Um, but we also have plurality and collegiality. So Yeah, on the session, I mean, you guys have the same vote that we have as yeah. ruling elders, mm-hmm. and there are 30 of us. Yeah. And there are only three of you who are actually members of the session. So. Yes, you're right. And uh, I'm, I love it. I'm so thankful for it. Uh, but I, I think that was just a helpful way to clarify. Mm. Uh, in case you're That's new good. to Presbyterianism, in case you don't really know much about it, um, I think that's worth knowing. Mm. Um, well, thank you so much for giving us some time to get to know the Wingards. And oh, I it's hope been a pleasure. if you don't know them... You'll look them up maybe in our app on Realm, and if you haven't put a face uh, with their names, and then you can bump into them and and create some common conversation by, I heard this on this podcast, and and we want to deepen our connection. So thank you all both. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank thank you you for serving our church and loving Christ among us so well. Thank you. Mm. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Pillar and Ground. We hope you'll join us for future episodes.